I've titled this message this morning, Am I Too Far Gone? Am I Too Far Gone? We'll be looking at Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 24. Am I too far gone? Have you ever asked yourself that? Am I too far gone? Am I just done? Christian, have you ever been in the position where you've known you've messed up, and you said, Lord, forgive me, I'm not going to do it again. Next day occurs, what happens? Same thing over and over, right? You mess up and you become in a cycle and it becomes cyclatory and it's like a downward spiral and you're thinking, wow, I'm supposed to be a Christian, but I feel like I mess up too much and it's, I'm too far too gone. We're going to look this morning you're going to realize, am I too far too gone? And my prayer for everyone here this morning would say, do I know Jesus? This story is, is clothed with God's love for us and this picture here in this context Jesus was telling a, a, a parable with the tax collectors and sinners. He was saying a parable because they were kind of jealous of him. And why are you with all these sinners and tax collectors, Jesus? But the truth is going to be that God loves every one of us, that he sent his only son to die for you and I. And on that cross, he took the payment of our sin. We should have deserved death and hell, but Jesus atoned for that. And because through Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection, we have life and we can come back to God and we're not too far gone. I've got a clip for you by Cars. It's Cars 3. I want you to watch it and we're going to get some feedback afterwards. Well, as I live and breathe, if it ain't Lightning McQueen. Miss Nash, it's a pleasure to meet you. You've had a tough year, haven't you? Oh, uh, well. Shouldn't you be running practice laps in Florida by now? Yeah, sure. They're but... here to steal our secrets. Looking for your lost mojo? Wow. You don't mince words around here, do you? <laughs> Truth is always quicker, kid. Right. I love that movie. That was after he was beat up, done, had a wreck, and he was trying to come back, and he was still thinking he was still a stud. He, he was like, okay, who's freshman here? Raise your hand if you're a freshman. Okay. Raise your hand if you play sports as a freshman. Okay. You were the stud in high school. You were the number one, number two, number three starter, right? What happened now when you came here? Y'all, you realize I'm not the only stud out here. I was in my 2A, 3A school, right? And you realize, wait a minute. Where's my talent and skill level at, right? Where do I belong? You thought you were, you were good <laughs> to make it this level and to play. You're a stud, okay? I'm not saying you're not. But when you see other people who are just way above here, you have to take a deep swallow and say, well, uh, maybe I will never be this good, but it doesn't mean I can try, right? Have you ever had to come to the truth fast? The truth is always quicker, as you heard here. It's always quicker. Have you ever had someone lie to you? Or like one of your friends, raise your hand if you had someone lie to you as your friend. Are they in here? If they're in here, say Amen. Yeah, yeah, goodness. You know, you know where liars go? Not Oklahoma, right? <laughs> but you've been around people that lie and, and gossip, right? Have you ever been in a situation where he said this and you said this? You're like, yeah, that was me this morning or that was last week. And all of a sudden, you're up in drama that you didn't want to be. And then your name's already in that. You're like, why is my name in there? Well, you're like, well, people know me, right? Your name is in that drama. Who's in drama? Raise your hand if you got some drama in your life right now. Come on, y'all need to live a little bit. Any drama? Life is boring. I feel like I got drama every day. I go, uh, my drama is my early mornings when my babies are waking up, feeding them breakfast. 
That, that's a tough one when you have to wait for the little one to eat breakfast and she takes forever to eat. You kind of get mad at her, but she can't talk to you. But drama's always going to be there, right? But especially in your inner group of circle, have you ever had a friend who just spoke, just backstabbed you? And you thought they were your friends? And all of a sudden you had to go to class with them and sit by them and be on the same team as them? <laughs> that one's real, right? And all of a sudden they ignore you. Have you ever been ignored by somebody? She's kind of like, oh, y'all didn't hit it off right. And personalities don't collide. And you're just like, uh, I'm not going to click with you, right? But the truth is always quicker. Whenever we have problems in our life, the best situation, the best thing for you and I to do is go right to the direct source. Enough with the drama. Enough with the fluff. Enough with the assumptions and all this and all that, right? It's tough, but it's very tough when I approach, I'm going to pick on Jason because you're there, or I may pick on Justin. I'll pick on both of you. It's very hard for me to approach my brother and say, Justin, this is all false, by the way. Justin, I saw you this weekend at uh, the party house. Brother, I know it's, you're a believer, but uh, how, what's going on? You know, can you tell me more what happened? That hurts. That's false. That hurts, Jason. The way you handled that situation the other day, that flare-up, you said a few bad words in front of the public. Brother, what's going on? That hurts. It hurts when I'm spoken the truth, and that hurt, it hurts. I'm prideful. I'm not trying to be told what to do, right? And I'm not trying to be corrected because we think we know it all, and we think we're right. I'm going to try to justify my position anytime. That tells us that we are people who are broken in need of a Savior, Right? How do we, when we're all caught up in all of this drama and all of these the cycles, goodness, in this story, Luke 15, you see a father with two sons. I'm going to go ahead and read Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 24. Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 24, starting with verse 11. And he said, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. I'm not going to say Vegas. And there he squandered his property in reckless living, raided our stuff. When he had spent everything, you ever, you ever been broke? You, were, you, ever went, you ever swept that credit card or debit card and negative? Come on. And he spent everything. Some of you are like, yeah, that's, that's me right now. All right. And he had spent everything. A severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went out and hired himself to one of the citizens that had, let's see, one of the citizens in the country that sent him out to feed the, feed the pigs in the field. And verse, I can't see, guys, this morning. I'm blind. My wife needs to buy me glasses, right? And he was longing to be fed with, in the country who had sent him with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. Verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will rise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against you in heaven before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. 
But the father said to the servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. You see this parable. Why did the son even want to leave that household, right? You ever thought about that? Why did he leave? He had everything. He had everything. Have you ever wanted to run away from home? I don't know your story. Maybe you did run away from home, and maybe you were in DHS house, and maybe you were in foster care, and maybe your home was taken from you, and you weren't raised up in a traditional household setting. And in this story, you feel like, goodness, this is me. I, I went away from home, and I never really knew my father well. This young boy says, Father, Dad, I'm sick and tired of sick and tired. I'm not going to do it. I'm done. Give me the money you owe. I want my inheritance. Imagine if you told your dad that this morning. Hey, Dad, you know what? Uh, I've been thinking about lately. I need to go off and do my thing, and, and Sterling College isn't my thing no more. I feel like I'm done. I have my own, own ambitions, and I, want to, I have dreams, and just give me my share of my inheritance. How would that conversation go? Right? I don't want to have that one. He did. So it shows you about where he was at. Dark, done, desperate, lonely. He goes off. So imagine if he had money. Where would you go if you had all that money for the bad, bad stuff? It says here, he spent it, reckless living, right? And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. We have to accept your condition. Are you going to accept your con- current conditions or are you going to change your current conditions? Are you going to accept your current conditions or are you going to change your current conditions? That boy, he didn't accept them. He went off and did everything he shouldn't have done. But we are sitting here this morning and you are in the condition that you may have created yourself and all this drama and all this turmoil in your life. You put it on yourself because you think people are talking bad about you. You think it's about you. You you want to be the center of attention, whether it's good or bad. You want to be the story on campus. And you're going to do everything you want to do to be that front face because you need that validation. So you're going to play circumstances and make them leverage to your your purposes. But have you ever been just so low and low and low in life? Or quite frankly, it was so deep and you were done and you didn't know what to do? Like, you were just done. You were, you were sick and tired of being sick and tired of, I'm done waking up with a hangover. I'm done with this relationship. I'm done. I'm done fighting with my girlfriend or boyfriend. I'm done failing my classes. Have you ever been sick and tired of it? Just done in that hole? How long will you play the victim? We oppress ourselves with many ideologies. How long will we play the victim here? He had spent everything he had, reckless living, until he was, had nothing. So he hired himself out to a citizen in the country. And it says this, he was longing to be fed by the pods the pigs ate. And no one gave him anything. Where was his, where was his friends at when he was partying? Where are they at? When he was living it up, where are they at? It shows you this. You got a little money, you may make more, have a little more friends, right? Not the truth, right? But who, who are your friends when you have nothing else? 
Who can you think in this morning, who really has your back? I'm not talking about the friends that you know on campus, but really, who, who is that two or three or four people that have your back when you're going to be down with nothing and that's broke and have nothing to yourself and longing? Are you going to accept your condition or are you going to change that condition? He chose. He chose to go out. You think that was in his intentions? I'm going to go out, and I'm not going to, you thought, I've got plenty of money for five years. I'm going to live it up. Hmm. Let me tell you, my little sister, when she was in college, um, does anyone have a credit card in here? Raise your hand if you've got a credit card. Yeah, all right. You're about to know the struggle here. My little sister, she was like 20 at that time. I said, her name's Kika. I said, Kika, now this is for gas and food only. And she says, okay. This is a discovery. Her credit score was bad. They gave her like 2000 bucks. A week later, I get a phone call. I'm maxed out. I said, what'd you do? Maddie Patty, new outfit, new clothes, new shopping spree. Guess what she did? Can I have some money? Right, I'm not going to let you know how old she is, but she sometimes gives me a text. Hey, I love you. How, hey, I love you. How, are you. how are you doing? I'm like, you never text me. All of a sudden, I can I have some money? I'm like, five or ten dollars, you pick one. But here it's, they had nothing and no one gave him anything. He was alone. So have you ever been alone before? Like lonely? Who's experienced loneliness in here? Loneliness, right? Even though you're at home, you feel like mom and dad don't understand you and you feel like you're going away from them. I hope this depiction in this text shows you who God the Father is. We don't have to base who our fathers are and make the image of God based on our earthly fathers. But not only this, it says here, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants will I say to him? Let's see. Let's go to, uh, I've, I've got an image of history. History. Clear history and data, right? How many of y'all do that every day? If I were to check your history, you, would you want me to, right? So like, no, don't, don't check it. How many of you wish life was like this where you can just say, you know what? Redo, delete, erase, and then start over. Anyone wish you can do that? Just kind of redo that phase. Like, I knew I shouldn't have done that, but I went ahead and did it because I enjoyed it. But now I regret it. But now I want to delete it because you, you have scars and past trauma that you're healing from. Could you imagine when he was... Starving, stinking, working with pigs, nowhere, nothing. What am I going to do? He's like, well, if I go back to my dad's house, uh, will he love me? Will he accept me? Will he take me back in? What's my brother going to think about? So he says this. I'm going to arise to my father and say, Father, have you ever practiced a speech or rehearsed it? Here you see him. Okay, what can I tell my dad? Father, I have sinned against you, against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to call, be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And it says here, and while he arose, he came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. That's verse 17 through 19. We, we see this, this realization that I have to ask you, have you came to a realization have you came to a realization this morning that you may be down there? You may be, this may be you right now. You're all thinking, goodness, I am this person. 
I'm alone. I feel too far gone from God. I've messed up too much. I can't restart. My parents may not accept me. If my mom and dad figure out what I've done this weekend, or my grandparents, they would be ashamed of me. Or I feel so ashamed when I walk into a church, or I feel so embarrassed or judged when I go into a Bible study or small groups. I just can't do it no more. I'm too far gone. Come to a realization this morning in the name of Jesus. It's time. It's time to stop, stop believing the lies everyone's imposed upon you. It's time to stop. It's time that having received your validation from others, it's, stop, it's time to stop. We need to stop thinking, well, what he or she believes about me, it's true. We live by people's reputation. We'll do everything to do to protect our reputation. We sometimes believe into the lies, don't we? The lies of the enemy, the father of lies in John 8, 44. That you will never make it. <laughs> that you are not worthy. That you are not good enough. Not pretty enough. Not good looking enough. Not this or this or that. You look, you look in the mirror every morning. You're like, yeah, that's me. I just don't like myself. I, I'm putting on a mask for everybody. I wish I can tell somebody who I really am. It's come. I want to just encourage us this morning in the name of Jesus. It's time to give those to God. It's time to wake up. It's time to say enough is enough. I'm coming back to God this morning. I'm going to come back to God. I know I've done it, but I have to come back to God in repentance. It's, I know I'm living in this lifestyle and this sin, and no longer I, I'm just going to cast it unto God, and I'm going to run back to God. I'm going to run back to God because here's what the Father does. Not only do we need to come to a realization, but we will receive the robe of redemption. And I've got another picture here. This is a picture here of desperation. If we want to move one more picture forward, Jace, one more after this. This is a picture. When's the last time you've been hugged by someone and it felt good, right? You needed that love. But the robe of redemption is what you and I will receive when we come back to Christ, when we run back to Christ. He'll give you a ring, shoes, a robe, and say, you know what? I'm not even going to let you finish your speech, son. I'm going to interrupt you. He says this. And the arose. Let's go here. But the father said to the servant, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put the ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring him the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found that he may begin to celebrate. He comes up and he sees the father. He, he awakes. He says, I'm, I'm going to go back. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to go back though. I'm done. I've realized I've sinned against him. I've realized, but I'm going to go back not knowing what he's going to do. But it says, while he was still far off, the father saw him and ran towards him and embraced him. And the son's like, yeah, dad, I, I was going to do this. The father said, no, no, no. Bring my ring. Bring my shoes. Bring the robe. Kill a fattened calf. We're going to celebrate. I'm not going to take all that. I still loved you, and I loved you even though you were going to go away from me. I loved you enough to send Christ to die for you. I knew you would rebel. I knew you would hate me. I knew you would choose all these things, and I knew you would squander your life. But I'm still waiting here for you this morning that you would come to me realizing I'm not going to kick you out of the kingdom. But I'm going to accept you and run towards you and embrace you because of the blood of Christ on the cross of Calvary. That's why... 
While we were yet sinners, Christ died for you and I. So if you feel like you're too far gone this morning, you're not. And that's because of Christ. This story hits my heart in ways that uh, it's so vivid and bright to me because I think of our relationships with our fathers. You know, think about your dad right now. Maybe you don't have a dad and you don't remember your father. And maybe it was bad memories. Maybe your father was an alcoholic addicted to drugs, never home. Maybe you have a good relationship with your father, but let me tell you for just a few moments my story of my father. My father, they immigrated, now my parents immigrated from Mexico. My father was pursuing the American dream. He began working as a farmer and eventually owned land and cattle. Throughout high school, um, I would play sports, and the conversations would be when I go home, did you play? I said, yeah, I played. How many points did you score? I don't know. Uh, how did it go? Great. But as time progressed, I'd get home. My dad would be watching TV. Wouldn't say nothing. And days went by like that where I didn't even talk to my dad for months. Can you believe it? Living in the same household, didn't even speak to him. I began to grow distance my father. He was there. He was too busy working, trying to acquire more real estate, more cattle, and work for the county. He was trying to chase something. But in the midst of that pursuit, he was losing his family. He became an alcoholic. I know I'm not alone. He became an alcoholic. And it hurt our family. Began drinking even when he would go to work. I remember as eight years old, I had to fix him breakfast and get him up off his bed and pick him into his pickup because he still was so forceful. He'd go into work drunk. So my image of my father, he was a drunk. Didn't love me. Never said he loved me growing up. Didn't. Didn't show emotion. In our culture, I wasn't allowed to show emotion. I'd see my siblings run to my father, give him a hug. Guess what I wanted to do? Hug my father. I never got to do that. It was senior year. My, I got a phone call. They picked my father up for prison. My father was done for me. He was out of my life. I said, okay, Lord. I became a Christian at nine. I said, Lord. It was embarrassing for me. I grew up, Who grew up in the small town? Group. My town was 300 people. Everyone knew, right, right? Co-op and nothing there, right? Best part, worst part about small towns is everyone knows you. And rumors spread. And it made my household look bad. It embarrassed me because I was associated with that guy I didn't know. I knew he was my father, but emotionally I didn't know him. Didn't know nothing about him. I knew he worked, had a lot of land and cattle. That's about it. You know, he, we went to prison before I, was, before I graduated senior year. And I said, Lord, I'm done, I'm done. So my dad was cut. He was cut. It was about four years ago my father came to Christ. He came to Christ, and it was the first time he told me he loved me, and we hugged each other. He came to Christ, and he realized, and I quote this, Jose, I've never felt so free in my life, even though I'm still closed up in prison. This story hits home for me because it shows us this. God can change anybody. You ask me why I'm so strong in my faith. God did such a work in my father. I can only claim to be God. I know what Christianity is because I see my father. You don't tell me an alcoholic guy comes to Christ who hated everything, who was selfish. God changed his heart. Now my father is my biggest advocate, my mentor. I get to see him probably, oh, every two months. But he's still in prison, and God is still good. This picture is here saying, 
You may not agree with what your father, earthly father, done to you, and you're upset and angry and mad and hate God because of it, but that's not who God is. That's not who God is. Don't put what your father did to you and make it. That's only God. God is saying this morning, you're not too far gone, Christian. You're not too far gone. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God will forgive you if you come to him. If you went astray as a Christian and you want to live better, you come to God. He's waiting for you. So I've been waiting for you to come back. I want you to repent and turn to me because I want to use your life for his glory. I want to use you so you would win others to Christ. For the one who still has not came to realization and you're still broke and you're still empty and you're still living in isolation and you're still fighting against God and faith and all this stuff, I pray that you can this morning say, you know what, simply, I'm going to come to God and I'm going to believe in God this morning. My life is so messed up, but I will believe. My family doesn't have it all together, but I will take that personal choice and believe in God the Father this morning. Wherever you are at, your heavenly Father awaits. He desires none to perish, but all should come to repentance. That we would turn from ourselves, that we would turn from sin and turn to Christ. You are not too far gone. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning. I pray for the Christian in here who is simply struggling in their faith and doubting a lot. I pray that through Luke 15, they would also realize that they can come back to God, be embraced by his love, and also realize the older son has always been there. The father said, I'm always with you. God, you have never left us. You're the one holding on to us. And I pray we can just confess our sins to you. For the one that just does not know and is desperate and seeking out faith and questioning faith and who Christianity is and what it's all about, I pray, Lord, that you brought conviction on our hearts and our lives this morning. And they can say this morning, I start my journey of faith. I place my trust and belief in Jesus Christ alone. We thank you for what you're doing on this campus. I thank you, most importantly, for Jesus Christ who came, who died for us and saved us. For those who would believe upon him would not perish but have everlasting life. Continue blessing everyone here this morning and throughout this day. In Christ and we pray, amen.